Good morning, WrestleZone. It is me, Nick Hausman, at WZ Rebel over on Twitter, and we are going to get it going here. Happy Hump Day. I am joined here today in the co-host seat by current CZW World Heavyweight Champion. It is Shane Strickland. Shane, welcome to WZ Daily. Hey, how's it going, man? Glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get into all the news here, because there was a lot of news that broke over the last 24 hours, of course, I got to bring up you're here in association with MLW One Shot. It is going down October 5th in your backyard of Orlando, Florida. You are taking on the winner of the Battle of Los Angeles, Ricochet. Tell me about this. I've been watching your MLW 360 uh, documentary shorts. What does this match mean to you to get to take on Ricochet at MLW One Shot? Um, I'm glad uh, everybody's been enjoying the MLW One Shot docu- uh, miniseries that we've been doing. Um, it's really been like a def- definitely a different experience. To me, this means uh, the maturity of both of our paths in our career and uh, as performers. You know, uh, the status that he's at right now is just unparalleled to anybody else in recent years that's been doing this in the industry. And um, for me, it's uh, to show how much I've grown, everything I've learned from him and all of the other mentors that helped groom me to get to this point in my career in wrestling. So it's definitely uh, showing where we're at as far as our maturity level as men and as performers, um, what wrestling means to us, what this, uh, what working hard to get to this means to us, you know, it's like, it means so much. Yeah, absolutely. And MLW, Major League Wrestling, obviously has a great legacy. Here they are coming back, and you are in the first ever main event. Um, were, what was your reaction when you were you were told that, you know, they wanted to do you and Ricochet there, and, you know, that Wale was going to be involved? What was your immediate reaction to all that? I was on board right away. It meant a lot to me, um, just, and it goes to show, like, that a lot of people are putting – more and more responsibility and pressure on me to perform in these things, and they trust me to do so. Yeah, and how does uh, how does working with because you work with a lot of places, you work with Wrestle Circus, CCW, but what is it? What's different working with the MLW crew? What's different about working with Court Bauer? Uh, the backstage, um, behind the scenes work is like really defined. It's definitely a lot more uh, uh, fine detail on everything, on how we speak and how. We uh, promote how we uh, how we approach just the look of what we should look like, um, what we should be presenting. You know, so a lot of that is new to me, but it's a definitely a new challenge that I haven't done before. And uh, especially with uh, media, media work is the biggest, I believe. Yeah. Well, here you are. And of course, those documentaries are yeah. great. Well, you know, I've seen chapters one and two. We've got them. Uh, of course, MLW released them. We put them over on the WrestleZone Facebook page as well if they, you guys want to find them either place. Uh, how was that, getting to be a part of that documentary film process? It was interesting. It was very interesting. It was very uh, a new experience. But uh, um, it was like being on a movie set without shooting a film. Mm-hmm. It was So it was cool in that aspect of it uh, because, like, we had uh, we were on schedule to be at certain places at certain times. So we were literally like locked on as like uh, our whole days and two, three days, four days were like locked on into doing just that. You know, we had lunch breaks and all that stuff. So they they uh, grind they grinded us, but they also made sure we were well prepared for that kind of stuff as well. That's awesome. And, uh, you know, what do you, uh, you know, I want to ask real quick, we're going to jump back in to talk some more MLW one shot at the end of the show. But what do you, what do you want to say to the fans out there about what they can expect from you and Ricochet here? Obviously we've talked a lot about, 
you know, where you guys are at in your career. If you've watched the documentary shorts, you know a little bit about y'all's relationship. But as far as the match goes, what do you think people can expect from you two? Um, I think they're going to expect something that uh, definitely different styles that we haven't um, performed w- with one another yet. Because um, they've seen us uh, perform at Wrestle Cir- at a Wrestling Revolver at WrestleMania week. Oh, that's right. Uh, for Pancakes and Pile Drivers. Yeah, yeah. So they've seen us perform that way, and that was like the usual style, the super indie um, high flyer style. But I feel like we've grown. We've both grown since then, which is um, not a full year, but a couple months grown uh, gone past since that match. Man. And um, I feel like we we definitely have a. Uh, matured since like ever since then like i've won like three world championships you know um i've like traveled the world a little more wrestled some of the best in the in the industry and uh since that time and then um ricochet has been killing it in new japan ever since and winning the battle los angeles as well recently so we both have uh we both have something different now mm-hmm. to offer as far as performing yeah so we definitely have stepped up both mature maturity wise as far as performers and like our physicality in the ring has grown. We changed our looks ever since those times. So it's a lot of things have changed. And so we have a lot more of uh, uh, we have a lot more to offer inside the ring Man, than just like high flying and athleticism. Now we're both like truly groomed that- as well-rounded performers and we have something new to offer so Man. it's not going to be the same as how we performed back in april it's not going to be the same how we performed like in multi-mans before that you know or tag team matches yeah it's not the same thing you've seen we're, you get to see our maturity levels and where we're at now as performers and where we're growing too that's incredible. I mean, it's awesome to hear you talk about how you're like, six months ago, we were different performers. Now you're getting a, a polished Ricochet and Shane Strickland in this bout. Uh, do you feel that now, like at this point in your career, where every time you show up for a show or to do a match or, or work out, you're evolving at a faster rate? Do you feel like you're adapting quicker now than you uh, were uh, previously in your career? Absolutely, because uh, the business is changing and adapting daily, so we have to always change and adapt with it. Yeah. So I definitely feel like that I change every single time I show up to a show, every time I watch a new match, every time I watch my old matches, every time I'm promoting to do something new, do it the the next show, the next the next uh uh then do the next match. I'm always I feel like I'm always um I'm always changing my style up a little bit or adapting or switching something up like something always changes a little bit with me yeah uh cool well hey you know what we've got more time here at the end of the show to talk mlw one shot we'll take a few more minutes there we'll put a button on it for now but let's get to what the people traditionally tune in for the show here now we're doing this a little bit differently shane because usually i do like i'll have another wrestling journalist or a pundit on and we'll talk the news and then i'll do like a, an interview afterwards with like a someone like you a, a notable wrestling personality but Court Bauer was like, these guys will co-host. And I didn't even ask him, like, you know, do these people know what's going on? So we're going to we're gonna try this out here today, Shane. You're, like, I think one of the biggest active wrestlers outside of, like, you know, we have Waltman on sometimes, but he's not, like, active. You're going to talk about the news uh, of the day with me here. Are you, are you, are you game? Oh I'm, da- oh, I'm down. Oh, my God. I'm so excited right now, Shane. Um, all right. Uh, here's how we do the show. We do a pro wrestling news show five days a week here. Now, the news traditionally on television is pretty lame or sad or terrifying, depending on what you're watching. But 
We like to do our pro wrestling news show more like a pro wrestling show, which is more fun than a news show. So, so what do I mean by that? Well, we don't have segments here like on a news show. We have matches. And in each match, we grapple with a different pro wrestling news topic. Now, we give each match a time limit. Now, it doesn't have to go the full distance of the time, but I do try to segment them out in these allotted times. The first match gets five minutes. The last match is going to get one minute, and we're going to count them down just like that. So here we go. Match number one. What are we grappling with here? We're going to grapple with GFW. Huge news dropped all the last 24 hours. So sit there for a moment. Let me walk you through everything that has happened. So what do we know about GFW? Oh, my God, Shane. Yes, let's get into it. What do we know? First of all, GFW has a media call today that I'm going to be sitting in on in about, I don't know, two hours. Uh, Here's what's happened in the last 24 hours. Jeff Jarrett has abruptly been released from the company as the chief creative officer. PW Insider reporting that GFW is now looking for someone else to oversee Jeff Jarrett's duties. Ed Nordholm personally made the call to have Jarrett fired. Uh, Jarrett did not know that the call was coming. There had been some unhappiness from Anthem Sports about Jeff Jarrett's erratic behavior and creative decision-making. Um, and apparently there was this reported incident that was out a couple months ago between the Jarrett's and Bob Ryder. At the time, it was reported one way. Apparently, it was much uglier than was initially reported. So that was where this kind of began and why what led eventually to his termination. Uh, Jarrett did uh, try to uh, stay between Ed Nordholm and the wrestling side of the business, not really wanting Ed to be involved in the wrestling side of it because I guess Ed spoiled Del Rio's debut on Twitter at some point. Uh, Jeff also tried to intervene and stop Del Rio from getting fired after the Orlando airport incident with Paige, uh, was trying to smooth that over, and now Del Rio may not come back to GFW because Jeff Jarrett is gone. Dutch Mantel, Jim Cornette, Scott Demore, they are staying with the company, and there is a belief that big John Gaborik, who is very good friends with Kevin Dunn, has inherited a lot of power backstage at GFW. So that's part one. Part two, Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso just this morning released even more information about what's going on at GFW. GFW is reportedly hemorrhaging funds, and they want out of the wrestling business. Anthem wants to sell GFW. This was a hard call since Anthem already had to gut the fight network in Canada to fund GFW when they got in on this enterprise. Jeff Jarrett owns the name Global Force Wrestling, so Anthem can't it could sell GFW and Impact Wrestling, but not Global Force Wrestling, which Jeff owns. We'll get to that. WWE, Ring of Honor, Billy Corgan, all possible suitors. Uh, if WWE buys it, then they would own the Broken Hardy universe and the Hardys could do whatever they want in WWE. Anthem may sell WWE, uh, may sell to WWE to for a price that they absolutely can't refuse. So I'm going to put five minutes on the clock before we get into some other stuff I've learned about this story. Uh, Shane, you have friends at Impact Wrestling. When you hear news like this, what runs through your head? Uh, the security is like not there anymore and that's what sucks that's what runs through my head it's just like they've um lo- they're losing constant security with talent like nothing's secure anymore that's the one thing that uh like every promotion should have like every wrestler when they sign a deal to work for wherever they go whether it be lucha gfw a ring of honor they want security they want to be secure about their financial future the the security of their job every they just want to know that they're okay for like a, at least a certain amount of time and gfw hasn't offered that in such a long time and that's what sucks and, and it sucks because i have a lot of friends and like close family uh, people that work there yeah you know um the hemorrhaging of money i honestly assumed that they were saving money 
from like the new talent that they were signing. Yeah. You know, they weren't signing ex WWE guys or like these like these guys that be that just been like um these Hall of Fame people that just been sitting on the on the on the shelf for so long. You know, they were signing new fresh indie talent, which uh they I'm pretty sure they were giving them good deals, but like affordable deals as well. You know, I would I was going to assume that, mm-hmm. but I could have been wrong for maybe they've been uh, losing money on the uh, back end with things that I'm not sure that I'm not 100 percent on, like a uh, few travel, um, the the media, like whatever yeah. type of, yeah. you know. It, it does just kind of seem like Anthem was yeah. ill-prepared to run a wrestling company, right? I mean, they came right, in, right. they came in and they're like, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jerry Jarrett's son, legacy in the wrestling business. They're, the Jarretts are just like the McMahons. They'll be able Wrong. to run, right? Wrong. But that, I mean, I feel like that was generally the attitude because they gave Jeff Could Jarrett, they, well, they gave Jeff Jarrett the whole world, right? They let him bring in his own guys. They got rid of people that, you know, were costing him a lot of money, like the Hardys, right? And then... That became a whole mess. Uh, it yep. does. It does. You know, based out of these reports as well, I think it was the Brasso report said that Jeff Jarrett really just desperately wanted to prove that he could do this, right? And I almost feel like you know, reading the stories about kind of the backstage turmoil, the way the Hardys thing was run, the the backstage blow up. I just, I don't know. I feel like it couldn't handle the the power of the position is kind of my takeaway from what it looks like here happened with Jeff and, and GFW and Anthem. Dude, like, uh, man, it's just like the same issues over and over again. Yeah. There's always like, uh, it's, it literally stems from like the same things that they've been running, having issues with for years now. And it keeps recur- reoccurring in a new light. Yeah. And it's, well, the same, and- it's the same problems. It's just the same, same problems, but just a different way. Isn't it crazy that Dixie Carter kept TNA afloat for like over a decade, like 15 years yeah. or something, right? And like everyone yeah. was always like, oh, she's awful. Oh, the company's about to go under. But you know what? She kept the company afloat, right? I mean, by, 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 by her fingertips, at least. Sure. And did everyone get paid uh, no. on time? No. Right? But they got paid eventually, most of the time, right? Uh, at least, I mean, that won't even be on the table here if GFW goes under. And, you know, from what I've heard, I'm talking to people this morning a little bit more about this. I don't think a sell to the WWE is imminent. It does sound like Anthem does still have some interest here in the GFW product. So if you're in the locker room, I would say, at least for the moment, don't crap the bed. It does sound like the company's not going anywhere. There is some restructuring going on. And I think I, from what I'm gleaning, I think they're going to try to make one more stab at making this thing work before WWE steps yeah. in and, and takes. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean that's just what I'm gathering. So, um, what do you think they need to do, Shane? What does GFW need to do here to reset the table and move forward with a strong first step? Well, first off, they need to figure out their financial issues. That's the the first and foremost. They need to figure out financially where they're going to like pick up the pieces. They have already did that too with um selling it to Anthem. Right. Selling and then then buying out all their debt and cleaning up all their debt. So that was like stage 1, which I figured they wouldn't have had that issue to begin with today that we're, what we're discussing now. So that's step 1. Second of all, uh, I feel like you can't give all the power to one person. That's never the that's never the thing. Mm-hmm. There has to be a chain of command that you always got to follow. You know, so like Jeff Jarrett knowing like um doing storylines, doing this, doing that, doing that is that's a no no. You need you need to have those guys 
that write the guys with good history of writing good television or writing or booking good wrestling angles in different promotions in their history of their tenure. Those guys need to be put in charge of writing. And then you need a person with who's responsible for talent, knows their talent, knows the strengths and the weaknesses of the talent. You know, the chain of command has to follow down like to the, to the very T now with that being said, those guys cost money to help do help them do that. So it's like a it's a catch twenty two with that kind of thing, yeah. you know. Like um, so, uh, but as far as like, they need also they need like um a reliable. I think they need better sponsorships as well. Mm-hmm. And I honestly believe that they need a really good TV network because pop. I'm pretty sure they're not getting the revenue back for what they're producing and putting out on TV. Whether they get a get a good viewership week, you know, they get like good Nielsen ratings one week or not. They need a better network to pu- to push it on, and re- depending on the network, it doesn't even matter if the product's good or not. It's it's just like so, it's just so weird it just that Anth- to be pushed. It's just so weird to me that Anthem owns multiple television networks, right? They own the Fight Network up in Canada. Uh, you know, they're in the television business, and I I'm with you. I would think they would know how to negotiate for a better television distribution. I have to, you know, I read this report also. On a side note. I have friends at the Fight Network up in Canada, John Pollock, Waiting, others up there. I did not know that because I'm sure I had, they had friends that got laid off up there in Canada in order to fund this GFW product. I did not know that that was a thing. And yeah, man, it, walking backwards the last eight months or so that Anthem has owned GFW, what a quick rise and fall. I don't even know that they rose. They brought in an owl and then it was done. Right? And like, it was gone. Then, it was gone. Just as quick as that. Man. And that's that, that goes to show you how not easy this is you know for like the history that tna and anthem and all this has had they've had yeah like look how quickly it can rise and then fall just as quickly i think it's Wa- not an easy thing to do i think wale should buy gfw you know what like i've we've um i've had i have my show swerve talk on high spots network um we've discussed that we're like i think wale is going to be the next big guy to build up a promotion maybe it might be lbw who knows but it's he's going to be the next guy to like fund a wrestling promotion and run it. Dude, so I, I think I'd, I'd be, I'd petition for that. You already got Cornette and Pritchard there, right? Bring in Bischoff, bring him back. We get the whole MLW universe together, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Like uh, the people are there. The play, the pieces are there. Yeah, we'll get Dutch Mantella show too. Uh, Conrad and Dutch, I'm sure people would love it. All right, uh, we're going to put a button in that for match number one, GFW. On to match number two. What are we grappling with? Let's grapple with Roman Reigns. What do we know about Roman Reigns? Well, he's currently feuding with John Cena. They've been having some quote-unquote memorable promos, uh, promo battles on Raw as of late. Uh, Cena does seem to be getting the better of Reigns, but the twist here in the last 24 hours, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer reporting that WWE still plans to have Roman Reigns as the face of the WWE going forward and that his feud with John Cena is just the latest attempt to try to get Reigns to win over the crowd. Four minutes. What do you think of the Roman Reigns experiment right now? Uh, I think like this is making people like Cena more. Yes. To be honest. <laughs> yes. Like I, I think it's backwards. Oh my God! I read now, this. Now the fans are actually cheering Cena. I, dude, I thought the same thing. I read this report and I was like, if they're trying to get Reigns to win over the crowd, mission failure. This is not working, right? Oh my God! What what do you think Reigns would need to do at this point in his his promo with Cena? Like, how do you Shane Strickland? Right, you're coming in, you're in a position here, and you you see how the tide is is going. How do you reverse the tide here? How do you get the crowd back? 
Um, a friend of mine actually, we talked about this as like this would be really cool. This is a year, a while ago now, because uh, this is back when they did that angle where uh, Roman was getting fired by Vince or something like that. It was something like that. Okay. Um, and they go, okay, what they should have done was actually fire Roman. They run an angle where Roman actually gets fired and he's gone from the company for about two, three months. Not too long, you know. But actually, like, WWE's, like, um, doing a partnership with all these uh, indie promotions and stuff. And, like, they should have had Roman actually go to those shows and actually wrestle those shows. Okay. And that would have got him over, like, and have him wrestle, like, the guys that they're comfortable with, like that are on like their radar, you know, like the like the Pete Dunns and the, the British Strong Styles, those guys, Man. you know, just like guys that you know you can have a hand in, you know, put coddle the matches a little bit, have them work those guys on those indie promotions that you know you're going to sign anyway, yeah. that you've already talked to, and have them get over in those promotions, then do like a New Japan because you know that's cool, and like the whole thing is we need to get Roman cool. Yes, you need to get him. Like cool with the kid, like the, he, right now he's the he's the uncle that everybody says is cool, but you're not really getting along with, you know. But everybody's, you know, yeah. he, he needs to be the cool, like one in the cool gang with the cousins, you know. Yeah. Oh man. And yeah. And I feel like that would have been like something interesting, something that's just different, you know. When AJ Styles left TNA and he still kept the title and he did New Japan and he did all these other cool things, it got it got um uh it got AJ Styles over more. Before he even got to WWE. Yeah. Man, that is wild to think about. Like, Roman Reigns going over to New Japan and having a one-off with Kenny Omega, right? Right. That gets him cool. Because, like, and Kenny Omega, you know, once again, somebody you can, you know he can have a great match with anybody. Yeah. You know? Like, and just bring maybe one WWE official to the place with them. Just to, like, make sure everything goes right. Yeah. Oh, you there? Yep. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Just to make. Yeah. I. Uh, I. I. I agree. I mean, I have not heard anybody throw that idea out there. I really like that idea a lot. I definitely think it does make him cool. The other thing is, like, as far as making him cool goes, uh, you bring up how he's the not cool uncle, but you need to make him a cool cousin. He has cool cousins. They're called the Usos, right? People seem to genuinely right. like the Usos right now. Uh, I would be super intrigued to see what like a Roman Reigns Usos alliance look like. I think. Pe- I think that would be an easy way to endear him to the fans as well. Because, like, um, if you let him talk and let him, like, have his attitude when he discusses stuff, he's actually a really, like, like oh, he's had some interesting things to say. Like, back when he, he was on The Shield and he was, like, um, had those one-liners, Dude. you know, like, when he just, like, they'd be, like, um, like, Dean Ambrose would say his shtick. Then Seth Rollins would chime in with something. And then, like, Roman would be, like, you come anywhere near me, I'm going to punch you in your face. Right. That was cool. Yeah. You know, that, like... Silent and violent. That's a good combo. And I loved on Raw, like Cena pointed out, his fly was broken, and he did the big dog comment. That was the most. Yeah. I, that was the most I popped for Roman Reigns in a while. It's like, all right, exactly. You know, great. like, yeah, you know, so so like those things need to come out a little more, but they're slowly and steadily are. Yeah. And like, and um, I've always I've always been interested in Roman, but I've never like really gravitated to him yet. I have like I feel I my interest is there. But I'm not. I haven't been gravitationally pulled into him yet. 
Yeah, well, they're going to make you. Uh, all right, that's the end of match number two. On to match number three. What are we grappling with here? Let's grapple with Shane McMahon. What do we know about Shane? He's the son of Vince. He faced AJ Styles at WrestleMania. He's currently in a feud with Kevin Owens. They're twist last night on SmackDown. Kevin Owens provoked Shane McMahon into attacking him on SmackDown Live by mentioning his children. That was a line in the sand that Shane would not let Kevin Owens cross. Punched him in the face, took him to the outside. They got pulled apart. Daniel Bryan, per Vince McMahon's orders, had Shane suspended as the commissioner of SmackDown following legal threats from Kevin Owens, all this storyline, of course. Uh, Vince is going to be appearing on SmackDown Live next week to confront Kevin Owens, the return of Vince McMahon. Uh, do you like this? Do you like the combo of Kevin Owens versus the McMahons? Yes, actually, I do. Because um, uh, I've always said this. I love Kevin Steen. I love Owens. But um, ever since he got brought to the main roster, he's always had like a crutch to fall on. Like he's always been like, uh, like when he debuted, he only was like there for a month and he had the NXT title. Then he went right to feuding with Cena. Then he, always, then he went right to um, getting the, he dropped that. Then he went to the universal title. Then he had the universal title. And then he had Jericho. Then he had like, he had all these crutches and he never stood alone by himself. And, you know, to really showcase what he can do on his own without having a title, without having like a certain star with him. Yeah, and so not finally, this is like his moment to be like, okay, I can hold a story without having that title, not having to have like a lackey with me. He just this is truly one on one, yeah, something that's singles one on one, and I think that's going to benefit Owens greatly. Man, that's uh, that's an amazing take. First of all, uh, second of all, do you think that Kevin Owens is the best talker in the WWE right now? I was having this debate with my friend the other night. Um, he no, uh, he's one of the top five, I would say. Top, maybe top ten, but I still put uh, I still see Cena's number one. Man, do you uh, and like you you spent time with Steen, obviously. Are you surprised to see him like in that mix with Vince McMahon? I mean, he's not like quintessentially you know that action figure type that Vince goes for here. Uh, that'll be a really unusual pairing, I feel like, in the ring, him and Kevin Owens. I think that's what's great about it because it's not usual. People don't want to see the usual pairings. Like and Vince always Vince always has worked well with guys that aren't the typical Vince guys. If you ever notice, like the Austin wasn't the typical Vince guy. Yeah, true. Yeah, you know he always works well with the guys that are not the typical prototypical prototypical like um, WWE pro wrestler looking guys. You know he always works guys with, that are better rugged. You know, mm -hmm. like yeah. he, he worked well with Daniel Bryan. You know he worked well with uh, uh, Austin. He he just works well with those guys that are just against the grain. Yeah. So yeah. I think this always is, this is continues to go with uh, what he's good at. Now it does look like this is going to be building to eventually Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon in a wrestling match. Uh, just to kind of wrap up this year uh, as a wrestler, what do you think of Shane McMahon? Does a match against Kevin Owens intrigue you? Yeah, absolutely. It's, he's a great performer. There's wrestlers and then there's performers and Shane always delivers when it, on a performance. Okay, cool. Uh, he always gives you your money's worth. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, you know what? We've gone a little long on the first two. We'll put a button in there for match number three. On to match number four. What are we grappling with here? Let's grapple with the big show. What do we know about him? He main evented Raw against Braun Strowman in a steel cage, one of my favorite big show matches I've ever seen. Braun Strowman threw Big Show through the cage to close out Raw after he beat him. The twist here in the last 24 hours, Pro Wrestling Sheet reporting that the Big Show was tossed through the cage in order to be written off TV for a while due to hip surgery. Two minutes on the clock. Uh, Shane, first of all, did you get a chance to watch Braun Big Show in that steel cage match on Monday night? 
I did not. I did not get a chance at all, um, unfortunately. Dude, you got to go watch it, man. Like uh, everybody, I heard everybody talking about it, and I heard it was like freaking amazing. Yeah, it's 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 an. I mean, it was like a surprise, right? Because you heard like Big Show, Braun Strowman, Steel Cage match, and you're like, all right, okay, two big guys in a steel cage, and they went out there and they they tried to do a wrestling match. Uh, like just you know, all that aside, like do you do you have like a favorite Big Show match? Like if you had to be put on the spot like what's your favorite big show match uh don't really have too many yeah i can't like uh but uh see you gotta you gotta watch this match because now when people yeah. ask me what my favorite big show match is i'm gonna say this match with braun Strowman, and i really like that because if he is going away here off tv he's getting this hip surgery done we don't know how long it'll be back if he comes back i would imagine he's gonna come back but what a great way for him to, to leave really putting over the next you know big man in the company braun Strowman. Uh, by the way, today is Braun Strowman's 34th birthday. Somebody buy that man at Chipotle. Oh, wow. I know, Braun Strowman, 34. Get him a Chipotle gift card. He loves Chipotle. Um, but, uh, you know, are you impressed? I actually see him at Chipotle pretty often. Oh, yeah? You guys, I don't know, Chipo- I know. Yeah. You guys Chipotle buddies? Um, uh, we're kind of like, we have a mutual friends with Sammy Callahan, and we got introduced through uh, Sammy okay. when he was at the PC at the time. And so uh, they're pretty cool. And then, like, I go to the gym with Sammy often, so... Man. There's there's that, but I wouldn't say like uh, oh we're best of buds. We're just like oh um, we have mutual friends. Is Braun, which is wrestling? Is Braun personable? I mean he there's that story where he told like Je- Karen Jarrett's kid to f off or something like that. Is he a gruff individual or do you find him to be personal? No, not at all. And uh, I've 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 talked to him at the gym, and I feel like talking to a wrestler at the gym is like a death sentence. But he was always like really cool. Man, what really is cool, he, chill dude. What is he doing at the gym? Is he lifting the gym? Does he just go to the edge of the gym and lift it? There's the machines. Then he just lifts the actual machine. Oh my god, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right. Of doing the machine lifts. All right. Well, best of luck to the Big Show at his hip surgery. Look forward to having you back, especially after that match. There, I'd be interested to see. Yeah, what it's he... so unfortunate that like he has to leave TV after having such an awesome performance like that. But that's the way you do it, right, man? You know. Yeah. Yeah, there. Yeah, you know, you, you know. But you, oh, me personally, I always like to follow up like a really great performance with like something that you know. I always like to follow it up, but you know, like at least he goes out yeah. on like okay, the last time we saw him was freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Braun Strowman here is going to go on a tear, and they need Braun to be hot for Brock Lesnar at No Mercy and Big yeah, Show. Exactly. Big Show made him hot. That's that's for goddamn sure. All right, uh, last match here, main event, match number five. What are we going to talk about here? Let's talk about Donovan DeJack. Uh, what do we know about Donovan? He recently appeared in the Battle of Los Angeles. He won the Ring of Honor Top Prospect. He announced back in February he was not going to be resigning with Ring of Honor. He's been with them since 2014. The twist here about Donovan, WWE officially announced he has signed with the company. He is currently at the WWE Performance Center. Uh, what do you think about uh, him finally signing with the WWE here? Uh, definitely worth it. Like He's worth every, um, worth every <laughs> dollar signed on that contract. Yeah. Whatever it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> and um, hopefully, um, I feel like uh, Ring of Honor never capitalized on the full potential of what he offers. Agreed. You know, a great talker, has height, athletic ability out the wazoo, um, talented, just a great look. You know, can, can just do everything. Can yeah. do everything you need to do and, and more. And I feel like Ring of Honor never tapped into that full potential of him. But yeah, he's going to a promotion that can do like going to the biggest promotion that can do everything with them. Yeah. Do you see him? Do you see him comfortably in the NXT title picture there with Roderick Strong 
and uh, Bobby Ru- or Bobby Roode just got called up right now. But Drew, Mc- Drew yeah. McIntyre, Adam Cole, that whole uh, core of the NXT main main event squad. Well, see, the tough thing is like the toughest thing about that is like there's so many guys and that's chasing for that. You know, you still got Roderick Strong in that. You still got Aleister Black that's in there. You yeah. still got Leo Rush that just got signed. You got Dijak. You got like Cole, a uh, fish, and O'Reilly. You and then, you know, so like, can he be in that mix? Yes, he can be. But um, right, like they, you have to put the focus on him. And right now, I think the focus is on like Cole right now. Man. And not to mention, you still have the British guys out there that everybody's hungry to see do some stuff in NXT. So you still got the British strong style, the Pete Dunn's. You know, you got. You know, so there's still so much talent out there, but can Dijak do it? Yes, I'll never say he can't do it. It's just a, it's just the willingness of the machine to want to do it. Man, D- man, T- Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn, their match at NXT Takeover Chicago was like the best match I've seen in forever, and then we never saw them again. It was like I don't know if you saw that bad or not, but it was just like one of oh, the. Oh yeah! Oh, I watched. I watched like right on the freaking couch, Dude. like a fan, because I just wrestled them like recently before they did that match. Before they did that. Man, isn't that surprising? Like you saw, we just talked about the big show. Like, does this amazing match, and then you're like, well, I would want to follow that up. Those guys, like I think WWE.com even said this has been match of the year so far, and we see nothing from them. That's got to be frustrating. I don't think they're frustrated. Um. Can the process be frustrating? Sure, but um, I'd rather be patient than be frustrated about something like that. What are you? Uh, what are your expectations about WWE's UK expansion? Do you think they're going to stay at it, or do you think they've already started pulling back? No, they're going to stay at it. They're going to stay at it, and it's going to grow, and it's going to. They're going to get UK um, promotions and shows on the network. That's the next goal because yeah. I think they want the because the success of one person changes the whole landscape. You know, the success of Devitt changed that. Yeah. You know, now we need to get ICW on um they need to get ICW on the network. They need to get um progress on there because the success of like the Jack Gallagher's, the British Strong Styles, the Alistair Blacks, like those guys, when they succeed in WWE, then um the next the next um batch of guy the next promote the next thing to do is just to get that library of those guys. You know, TNA like I believe WWE bought the TNA the the library, correct? Uh no WWE hasn't bought the TNA library yet no oh I thought that was a thing that actually happened I didn't know if it, it, it was a rumor but I didn't know if it actually no it didn't happen that's that's kind of the one of the cruxes here in the GFW thing because going back to the beginning oh, of the right, show right. Here, like Anthem owns GFW and the Impact Library Jeff Jarrett owns the name Global Force Wrestling and I didn't mention this at the top but from what I've heard this is about to become really messy uh it was described to me as uh, what was it? Please, uh, get ready for Jeff Jarrett, Edward Nordholm, Civil War. I mean, these guys, mm-hmm. we just saw the tip of the iceberg this morning because you've got Anthem. They own the GFW initials and that library, but Jeff can continue to call himself Global Force Wrestling. I don't know what that dynamic is going to look like. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're stuck. They're stuck in some muddy water. Oh, my God. No kidding. All right. Hey, you know what? We'll wrap it up there for the news. Shane, uh, this exceeded every expectation I could have had. I was a little nervous, right? Because, like, wrestling journalists, I know for sure they're reading everything. With the wrestlers, uh, I don't always know. But, man, uh, absolutely loved your input here. I would love to have you back another time. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I learned some stuff today as well. So thank you for bringing me on. Well, you know, I like to do a half-hour news show every day. I know wrestling fans are busy. I know wrestlers are busy. So this is just something you can pop in. It's, by and large, 
packed with news. That's really the bulk of it. And I hope that it, it gets you all the knowledge you need for the day so you sound cool with your wrestling friends. That's the kind of show I like to do here. Um, oh, knowledge is power. <laughs> knowledge, knowledge is power, Shane. And with that, tomorrow we'll be back on the Daily. I've got CZW commentator Joe Dabrowski on the show. It's a CZW week here uh, on WZ Daily. Do you, know, do you hang out with you know, Joe? You know Dabrowski? I haven't, I've met him a couple times. I haven't hung out with him. I'm living in Florida, so it's hard for me to hang out with uh, CZW mm-hmm. alumni because they're mostly based in Jersey and, Flor- and uh, Philly. All right. Well, go, go poke Joe. Bring up spooky stories. He likes ghosts and stuff. Please do. Um, Joe will be back tomorrow. Uh, I've got the full co-host list for WC Daily up. We're going to continue with the MLW one-shot guests all month, all month long here in September. The SmackDown Rebellion went up just this morning. Joe Jan and heated conversations with Booker T's Brad Gilmore. Check that out on WrestleZone Radio on iTunes. Go subscribe. It's free. You can also find us over on Eric Bischoff's IRWNetwork.com. The latest episode of Bischoff on Wrestling uh, with me and Eric goes up here right now, actually. As soon as I finish recording this, I'm going to go post Eric and I's show. Eric chimes in on, man, we recorded a day early. And God, what I and love to hear Eric just go off on this GFW situation. We'll have to wait till next week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my God, that man sat. I don't know. I, I I don't talk to Eric about his legal stuff. I know he was in litigation with uh, Impact for a long time. I think it got resolved. I don't know, but he's not he's not very high on the way they do business. Anyway, uh, he not does. Too many people are. <laughs> yeah, not at the moment. Uh, oh, but he is a big fan of Capital Wrestling. You can find that over on IRW Network as well. And if you like me, uh, you can come out to a Crown Point, Crown Point, Indiana, uh, on September 23rd, just a couple days. Black Label Pro, the Darkest Timeline Championship Tournament, Phase One. I'll be making my commentary debut. And I was recording with Eric yesterday. We've been going back and reading his book, Controversy Creates Cash, and kind of going more in depth, page by page. You know, stuff that he didn't really get into as much as he'd like in the book. And we were talking about his earliest AWA days in some kind of, like, touch football game they had against a television crew that he kept the jersey for, which is weird because Eric doesn't keep memorabilia. He's, like, not emotional. He's kind of a robot. But he kept that. And uh, he also said he kept his AD- his original 1987 AWA blue blazer with the AWA patch sewn on the front. And he said it doesn't fit anymore. And he's going to give it to me, Shane. And I'm going to make my commentary debut Wearing Eric Bischoff's 1987 AWA commentary jacket. Isn't that effing amazing? That's that's phenomenal, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I know. I just can't, I have to keep sharing that story. I don't usually like to indulge in like how awesome uh, things are about me, but that's that's bizarre. That should be in a museum. That shouldn't be on me. Um, and uh, that's it. I'm at WZ Rebel. Hey, Shane, let's wrap it up here. Chatting about MLW One Shot again. Uh, if you guys are interested, if you like MLW, you like Shane, you like Ricochet, it's going down Thursday, October 5th, the Guilt Nightclub, Orlando, Florida. Tickets are available at MLW.com. They start at just $15. Of course, you and Ricochet are going to be in the main event. You guys can find part one and two of the countdown on YouTube and the WrestleZone Facebook uh, video page. Uh, you're also going to get MVP Sammy Callahan, uh, UFC's filthy Tom Lawler taking on Olympian Jeff Cobb. I mean, that that's a match that's got to even get you excited. Tom Lawler, Jeff Cobb? It's like those all those matchups always pique my interest. Ditto. Uh, and that's kind of, and like Olympian versus UFC guy, that's like a thing people want to see right now following the Mayweather McGregor fight. Oh, yeah. They want to see the crossover athletes. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Uh, also, and it's not just about the wrestlers. Uh, at MLW One Shot, you're going to have Tony Schiavone returning to call wrestling for the first time since WCW. Uh, that's awesome. That's big news there. Big fan of Schiavone. Uh, Rich Brennan's going to be joining him on the call, former SmackDown commentator. Uh, and, of course, it's produced by Court Bauer. Wale will be there. A whole bunch of other great stuff. Is there anything you want to plug, promote, put over about MLW One Shot or anything else to wrap us up here today, Shane? MLW One Shot, October 5th, um, Guilt Nightclub. Uh, keep watching uh, every Wednesday. We're pu uh, putting out the mini series, so keep checking in, keep checking back at uh, MLW, and you'll see it on Twitter, Facebook, every other social media outlet. Um, keep checking out uh, my social media at Strickland Shane and Instagram on Instagram and Twitter at Strickland Shane at Strickland Shane, and uh, be sure to go to High Spots Network and watch Swerve Talk. I got episode one out and. I went out on stream and on DVD and uh, Swerve Talk episode two now available on stream. 